0: Ramsey up top, hands it off to Cyrus. 11 to go, into the arms of McLaughlin. McLaughlin pulls it back, out at the logo. Takes the screen from So. Left side, drives inside. Pulls back, almost loses it, turn around mid-range. Gets it off the front, and Corey McLaughlin gets the roll at the buzzer as the Gauchos win the blue-green rivalry. 69 to 67, and the students are rushing the court. <laughs> Unbelievable shot by Decoy McLaughlin. So that was back on March 7th when the UCSB Gauchos men's basketball team completed an epic comeback to defeat their rival, the Cal Poly Mustangs. Little did any of us know that it would be the last time those young men would take the court for a long time. But what a dramatic way to end the season it was. I am also incredibly thrilled because I have here with me today the man who metaphorically set the Thunderdome on fire with his buzzer-beating turnaround jumper. He's an incoming senior for the Gauchos and someone whose game I truly admired from the stands last season. He is, as you just heard, the guy with that unbelievable shot, Jacory McLaughlin. Jacory, it's so great to have you on. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I know the audio is a little bit off. We had some technical difficulties, but we're going to make use of the time that we got So I'm going to start with the obvious. Take me through that final possession just from the missed free throw to that final shot.
1: Yeah. uh, We we got real lucky that they missed the free throw. Uh, We kind of had a bad turnover to play right before that. So we had to foul them and they had those free throws and we were lucky enough for him to miss. And then uh, once he missed, I was confident that we were going to get the W uh, just knowing our team and all the guys that we have. And that last play was for me to get the ball and then come off the, it was actually for me to come off a rub and uh, get to the basket, but uh, I kind of got cut off, so I, I did a little turnaround and uh, and then uh, it just went in.
0: So was the plan for you to take the final shot the whole time?
1: Yeah, yeah, it was just for me to make a play. Uh, I was trying to get to the rim, so if I if I got cut off or if they doubled, I was going to kick it to the open man, but uh, it just worked out for me, just turning around and hitting the turnaround jumper.
0: Yeah, you said it best. It sure did work out. And what a lot of people might not know listening to this is that that was a pretty stressful game. Like, it was, you guys were trailing most of the game. Uh, You had a 7-4 lead, but other than that, it was pretty much just trying to claw your way back into that game. You guys trailed as much as, I think, 13 in the second half. And so I got to ask, what was it like in the huddle throughout that game? Was there a clear sense of urgency and frustration, or was it fairly calm under the circumstances?
1: Yeah, I would say it was it was pretty calm. Uh, we were calling cl- back the whole game, like you said. But uh, for our team, the biggest thing is just our attitude. And that's what we say in the huddles: just attitude. We say to each other to stay focused, stay locked in on the on the goal, and uh, calm back at that lead that we were uh, that they had. And I uh, think we did a good job of that, just getting stops and uh, staying focused on the offense.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You guys, uh, I mean, you looked calm for sure. I think the stands, there was a clear sense of urgency and nervousness I kept looking back at the people sitting in the front because I was broadcasting from the scorers table and a lot of people were looking pretty nervous but there were little spurts of excitement too as you guys slowly made your way back and once Seku got that and one to tie the game with about two minutes left I think that was a big turning point for you guys um so that was the last time you guys played. The morning that the Big West tournament got canceled, I was actually in a motel room in Anaheim getting ready to come to the Honda Center. And then about 30 minutes before we were set to go, we realized it was pretty likely that the whole thing was going to get shut down. So what was that yeah. morning like for the team as you guys were uh, getting ready to play Riverside? Yeah, I think the biggest
1: thing for us was just shot. Uh, I woke up and I think Packer Bags was on home and uh Oh, we'll pack your bags and we're we'll leaving. And I was confused. I thought we were switching hotels or something. I didn't really know what was happening. And then my roommate, Brandon uh, Cyrus, he's like, yeah, yeah, we're going home. And then the whole time during breakfast or when the coaches talked to you, we were just quiet. Everyone was just shocked,
0: pretty upset. Yeah, it was truly a frustrating and sad day for sure. It was the day after the NBA suspended their season. <laughs> Um, how difficult was it for you guys to face the reality of the situation after all the long hours and hard
1: work you put in? Yeah, it definitely, it definitely Uh, You know, we couldn't really control it, so uh, we were upset for sure, but definitely
0: just, just reflecting on the season and seeing things that we had to work on and then what we got to work on in the, uh, the offseason. I think we're just focused on that, the next step. Yeah, exactly. I mean, all you can do is move forward and everyone's going to be a little bit hungrier now that everybody's season got cut short. Uh, fortunately for you, you got one more year of eligibility, so it didn't have to end like that. But my heart goes out to all the seniors, uh, especially Max, who was such a big part of that team and got injured just a couple weeks before. So a lot of people might not know that you're actually a transfer. You went to Oregon State for a little over a year had a really impressive freshman year, averaging double figures, setting a school freshman record for a number of three-pointers made. So even though it wasn't the right long-term fit, uh, is there anything from that Pac-12 experience that you've taken with you to Santa Barbara? Yeah, definitely just the talent
1: that that i faced and just just how much harder I had to work. in on the court, and uh, it made my my motor higher and made me go harder on the court. It's the biggest thing I think.
0: So, did it make the adjustment to Big West basketball a little bit more smooth? Yeah, yeah, for sure,
1: for sure. Uh, coming in, I didn't know what the Big West was about. Uh, I really didn't even know. Chester from Oregon State, I never even really heard of UCF Barbara. So when they they called. They called my dad, and I knew Coach really from, from high school recruiting. And then there was a couple more connections to the coaching staff. So it's really knowing the coaching staff. And uh, coming into the Big West, it was, it was cool to, to see how much talent
0: there really is in the Big West. Yeah, I know. Big West has definitely been up and coming for a few years now. And teams like UC Davis have a lot of young talent. Uh, obviously, Irvine had a lot of seniors, and they were a very complete team. So, what was it about UCSB that ultimately made you realize, like, that was the school you wanted to go to? That's where you wanted to finish your college career? Uh, for me, the biggest
1: thing was the coaching staff. I've uh, knowing Coach Rizzi for how long I've known him. Uh, coach Pass and I recruited me when he was at Arizona out of high school, and uh, there's, uh, Coach Tucker, known so my high school coach, more connected, like.
0: Yeah, that sounds pretty amazing. And, uh, you know, you mentioned the success of the coaching staff too. Joe Pasternak in his short time has a 695 win percentage. So that is pretty damn impressive if you ask me. I'm excited for the next time you guys take the court because I expect you guys to keep a similar trajectory, if not better. Um, so a couple of weeks back, I actually talked to women's basketball assistant coach, Eliza Pierre. And she said she felt like the biggest challenge for her team this next season, you know, whenever that may be, is going to be setting an immediate tone of intensity and high expectations. So what do you see as your team's biggest challenge coming into next season? Yeah, I
1: think just, uh, integrating the new guys, you know, uh, I'm not, I'm not one of them, but the other ones I haven't met yet. So just integrating the new guys and, uh,
0: Teaching them our culture and our system will be will be the biggest thing for us. And when you say culture and system, is a lot of that more the X's and O's focus of the game, or just kind of the general vibe of the team and fitting them in and just getting them comfortable. Yeah, I think
1: the system is definitely X's and O's, knowing our offense, knowing our defense, knowing how a coach wants you to play, and then our culture is just what we do on on time to things' you're, you're always going hard you're coachable uh just things like that hold yourself accountable so just the little things that uh, guys gotta come in and be, be ready to do
0: and do you feel like there's anything in particular that you learned when you first started at Santa Barbara that you now want to pass on to that next generation
1: uh yeah definitely I think just just working hard and uh being confident having a winner's mentality every single day no matter it's in the classroom on the court
0: uh just being focused in everything you do yeah not to mention you are at a top five public institution in the world yeah i'll say that with a little bit of pride but uh you know what are the main student athlete challenges you feel like you have to face being at such an intense school yeah definitely just uh
1: your time and uh the priorities that you have, you know, you don't really have much time for during the season, especially much time for hanging out or things like that. You got to get your work done and then be in the gym. So just prioritizing your time and uh, making sacrifices.
0: Yeah. Sacrifice is a key word for sure. And I think the more people that can do that, the tighter you guys are going to be and the more ready you're going to be for those big moments. Um, yeah, you are one of four incoming seniors and so you talk a little bit about the players' culture as well as learning that system. So I know, uh, you know, Brandon Cyrus is another one. You just mentioned him. You got Robin Sidney Dehan, and you got DeVerell Ramsey as well. So a lot of guys that have been around a long time. I assume you guys have a pretty tight bond by this point. So what kind of culture do you guys aim to create among the players coming into this next year?
1: Yeah, you know, it's really just a family. Uh, just bringing everyone in with open arms and uh, just teaching them how we do things Uh, from the coaching staff to the player, just the mindset that we have and they'll see it they'll see it the first day they get to practice and things like that they'll see how we operate as a team uh, off the court and on the court and I think the biggest thing is just hold hold each other accountable as a leader on the team uh, making sure the new guys are doing things the right way uh, because our team is a, a big face in Santa Barbara and just knowing that and uh, being focused and
0: being being ready to be a role model. In the game. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You got it right on the head there. And uh, you know, speaking of being a role model and setting an example, I know that the NBA has a big focus right now in the bubble on promoting messages of social justice, as well as playing their game. So, do you guys feel like, given some of the recent horrific acts? and the protests that are going on around the country that, you know, as one of the most popular teams, if not the most popular team on campus, do you feel a sense of responsibility to speak out and set a tone in terms of social justice as well as just being a responsible student-athlete? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely a thing that we have to do.
1: Uh, being a majority black team and one of the more black teams on campus, I think it's a big thing that we have to do. You know, we already, we made a little commercial for, uh, to put on the news in Santa Barbara, so that's getting out there. to spread the knowledge and awareness for it. and big for our team, and uh, once we get back together and we can get in Santa Barbara, we're going to try to do more things in the community and uh, see the platform we're playing during the season as well.
0: That's super uplifting to hear, and if anyone's listening to this in the Santa Barbara area, be sure to check out that commercial because that's actually something I did not know about and I'm definitely going to check that out when this is over. So, you know, I love that. I love the community engagement factor. I love the, you know, sense of urgency and purpose you guys have even at your young age and just using that platform, even if maybe not the whole country is following UCSB men's basketball, but if you can just narrow it down to a community of thousands, that still can have a big impact and go a long way. So props to you guys. Um, I will definitely be there to support it, and especially the next time you guys take the court, I will be there to watch. Um, I know you got somewhere to be. You got a little workout, and so even in this off time, Ja'Cory is taking the time to put in the work so he can be the best he can be for that next season. I get a sense that that buzzer beater is not the last time I will be screaming about something awesome he does on the court. So, you know, we'll see what it is. But, uh, Jacory, thank you so much. I appreciate all your time. And, you know, hopefully we'll connect down in Santa Barbara when the season resumes. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I
1: appreciate the time to me this
0: interview. And uh, go Gachos. Go Gachos, baby. All right, take care. You too, bye. So you just heard it all right there from the guy who had the most iconic moment of this last basketball season and is ready to take on the challenges of the next basketball season. Of course, so much has changed since that wonderful day on March 7th, and I think it's amazing what they're doing with promoting social justice. And seriously, if you're in the Santa Barbara area and you have not checked out that commercial, please do so because I know I will, and I'm really excited to see what they are doing and how these young men are using their platform to stand up for what they believe in. This is the time to use your voice and in 75 days, well, actually I don't know how many days it's going to be by the time you're listening to this, but in 75 days, it is a big, 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 big day for everybody in this country. I'm going to spend the last part of this episode, just elaborating a little bit on that game and this team. So, as I mentioned, the Gauchos had an early 7-4 lead, but clearly we expected some offensive struggles. One of their main scorers, Max Heidegger, who could be extremely explosive, had, I want to say, about 27 points and a half at Davis, a great shooting team in the Big West and with a lot of young potential as well. Um, he suffered an injury in Fullerton, I believe. No, maybe it was Riverside. I don't know, a couple weeks before that rivalry game, suffered an injury on the road and was not able to return to action for the rest of the season. Of course, he was not the only senior who had a disappointing end to his or her college basketball career. Number one pick of the WNBA draft, Sabrina Ionescu, was ready to take the Oregon Ducks to the Final Four and maybe a little bit more. But obviously things are a little bit bigger than basketball right now. I'm getting tired of saying we're living in challenging times. You're probably getting tired of hearing about it. So let's just focus on the beauty of that day in March. That Cal Poly team that came into the Thunderdome was 0-14 on the road that season. And the whole time, myself, a couple of the other student broadcasters are sitting there just at the scores table shaking our heads like, this might be the one, this might be the one. And it seemed like anytime there was a chance to inch our way back into the game, Cal Poly found a way to just keep increasing that lead. And at one point, they were shooting 57% from the field and 50% from three. So if you don't know basketball, those numbers are absolutely insane for a college basketball game. Uh, By the way, they ended shooting 50% from the field and 43% from three, which is also pretty unbelievable and tough numbers to beat. And sure, maybe the Gauchos weren't closing out super hard every time and giving them a lot of open shots. But at some point, you got to think that the Mustangs were going to miss, especially with the little success they had had for most of the season. But look, rivalry games are always different. And respect to the people on the Cal Poly Mustangs because they came to play. They did not treat it like they were walking in and going to take another loss to end their season. They were fighting for a spot in the big West tournament, which we all know did not happen, but Cal Poly came to play and I expect that they could have some big improvements in the next few years. You know, their coach was a rookie coach. They get some time off now to, get things figured out a little bit, but let's focus on the UC Santa Barbara Gauchos. By the way, Ja'Cory McLaughlin led the team in scoring in that game with 17 points. He also led the team with six assists, even though he did not score until late in the first half. I remember looking over at one of my friends thinking, where's he been in this game? But he sure shut me up and everybody else after hitting a three at the top of the key late in the first half and just kept on going at it in the second half to finish with 17. Of course, those last two being the most iconic. Um, He mentioned the turnover that happened. Santa Barbara looked like they were going to get a shot and maybe Cal Poly was going to get a chance to respond when the game was tied at 67 late, but the Gauchos had a bad turnover that led to a Mustang fast break, which led to a foul before Jamal Smith could get the shot off, sending him to the line for a one-and-one, one, which Cal Poly had not missed from the line the entire night. And this free throw was well short, barely grazed the front of the rim. And there were about 30 seconds left on the clock, which is how long the shot clock is. So that gave the Gauchos enough time for one final shot. Now, as was described at the beginning of this episode in a lot more exciting fashion uh jacori took the ball took a screen from well above the top of the key uh, drove inside kind of lost the handle and took a turnaround jumper from the free throw line which dropped in as time was expiring and i actually thought there was going to be at least one or two seconds left when that shot went in so when i screamed at the beginning of this recording It's because I was in pretty big shock at the amount of time on the clock. It was this big moment of, oh, we just took the lead. And it was a complete anxiety dream getting back into this game as well as, wow, did I just witness a buzzer beater and call that? And now I have to figure out what to say. It was a big commotion. But now that there hasn't really been any crowd action at all since then, uh, I sure miss it. And I know a lot of people do as well. And so, yeah, the Gauchos, uh, you know, I mentioned Joe Pasternak after his third season left with a 695 win percentage with a record of 66 and 29. So there's a lot of promise for this team. Obviously, they lost Heidegger um, as well as a couple other seniors, Matt Freeman and Andrew Pickles. But they got a great senior crew coming back into the Thunderdome. When the time arrives. And I'm really excited to see what that's going to be like. Um, Gauchos have been the number two seed. I think they were the number two seed again. No, they were the number three seed this year, but they have been uh, a top three seed in the Big West tournament every single year that Pasternak has been there. They have not gotten past the semifinals of the Big West tournament. Of course, the goal would be to get to the NCAA March Madness tournament because what a moment it would be for these young men and what a reward it would be after their season was canceled and everybody's season was canceled. So everyone's going to be a little bit hungrier and feel a little bit of urgency as they return to the court. But Jacory talked about the culture that he and the other seniors are trying to create, holding each other accountable, using their voices, being responsible, showing up on time really having a narrow focus on their duties on the court and their duties in the classroom at a tough, tough university. Nonetheless, a great university. And I am really curious to see what it's going to be like because I just mentioned how the Gauchos had a pretty good record and have had a lot of success, but I'm going to read off some interesting statistics. They shot 75.6% as a team from the free throw line, which is pretty good. And you know that coach Joe Pasternak puts an emphasis on free throws. However, they were seventh in the big West in scoring last in the big West field goal percentage defense, seventh in three point field goal percentage eighth in the big West in rebounds per game and last in steals per game. So of course, numbers do not tell the whole story, but it is interesting To read off a lot of those statistics and wonder how the gauchos were able to have such success in conference play you know i guess we're gonna find out i know i've done a lot of nerding out if you've made it this far into the episode props to you you must either really like me or really like to make fun of me whichever one it is thank you for being here you know i don't end episodes without shout outs and I have a pair of shout outs to give today. The first one is the people of the UCSB community because that night in the Thunderdome was so special to me because of everybody who stayed in the stands to support a massive comeback. If you're a crazy sports fanatic like myself, you know that being somebody who wants to leave the game at halftime because they get bored kind of drives me crazy. And it's no disrespect to your personality. It's just, I'm never going to join you in that endeavor. And a lot of people stayed. A lot of people stayed to watch that buzzer beater, to cheer on their team as they completed that comeback. And I don't know what Ja'Cory would say, but it sure seemed like without that crowd, that comeback maybe doesn't happen. So I will never forget the roar of 3,218 people that they let out as the shot dropped into the hoop while the red light flashed on the backboard. Um, you know, I hope this episode is able to reach a lot of people in the UCSB community because I miss you all and I wish you all the best during this. Yeah, I'm going to say it again this extremely challenging time. We will live to see a better day, but please stay safe, do what you can to protect others. And my second shout out uh, to end the episode is a little bit more heartfelt because the Chris Dudley basketball camp has been very near and dear to my heart since 2010 um, is the camp started by a former NBA player, Chris Dudley, who has type one diabetes like myself and like so many other kids around the country. And so for one week of the year, we go out to the woods in Fernonia, Oregon and, you know, I can't even describe what the experience is like and how much it means to me. But the bonds you form are deep in the short amount of time. And we received the really, really, really tragic news that um, a former camper and staff member of the Chris Dudley basketball camp, Jessica Drexler, passed away this last week. Um, And it was tough news to swallow for everybody, but... Uh, Jess, obviously my thoughts are with you and with your family during this time. And as everybody has been saying on social media, fly high, Jess, we will miss you. And when we can all rejoin together, um, we'll be thinking of you a lot. So that's going to wrap up this rather strange episode number six. So thank you very much and take care. We will be back soon with another episode.